Amen? So I'm going to carry on with uh, the topic, spiritual realities. Hallelujah. And before I state the topic of today, let me say this. Let me say this. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 12, verse 3 to 5. Isaiah 12, 3 to 5. Can you put it? This is not the preaching. I just want to lay foundation before I preach. Isaiah, chapter number 12. Uh, bring me this little girl. There is something about uh, she was dancing. Was she the one dancing here? Was it this, this one? Were you dancing, Mama? The Spirit of the Lord is upon this young girl, and don't despise her. And God is going to do something amazing in her life. She got the spirit of worship. You need to know that. The spirit of worship is upon this young girl. There is also something, the spirit of joy is in her life. You see, this young girl can bring joy around her. Even if you are angry when you meet her, she will just do things and you will just smile. The spirit of grace is upon her. So my girl, I bless you today with that anointing that when you grow, it will not depart from you. That it will stay connected to you and you will move into that anointing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray that the spirit of the Lord may stay with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So put me Isaiah uh, so that we can read Isaiah 12, 3 to 5. Let's go on. Isaiah 12, 3 to 5. It says, therefore, with joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name. Hallelujah. Declare his deed among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Let's stop there. Uh, Listen, the, the, the old man Bible the Old Man Bible says, I want to read what the Old Man Bible says. It says uh, that you will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the spring of salvation. Hallelujah. So this other Bible says that you will draw water. Put it again. Put it again, the first word. Uh, uh, Therefore, with joy. You will draw water. Now, this one put it as if it's joy that makes you draw the water. Do you understand? Because joy becomes a means for, for which you draw the water. But the Old Man Bible says that your attitude in drawing the water will be joy. Do you see what I'm saying? There's, a, there's an attitude that we have in drawing from the wells of salvation. Now, you need to understand that salvation is the foundation of all grace. Uh, that the reason why you access grace is because of salvation. Without salvation, you can't access grace. The grace of the Lord is accessible through salvation. Now, within the scope of salvation, there are many springs and many wells. And you need to understand that when you talk about spiritual realities, everything we preach falls under spiritual realities because within the scope of salvation, there is a well that we call the well of healing. There's a well that we call the well of, of righteousness that we can teach about. Hallelujah. There is a well that is called the well of deliverance. Do you hear what I'm saying? Many wells, it doesn't matter the, the topic you put, there is a well for it. And uh, you, you cannot enjoy refreshment if you don't draw from the well. 
So the, the fact that a well is there does not mean that you have the well or you, have, you can draw from the well. Some people are sitting on the well and they are thirsty, but they have nothing to draw. Jesus, in the book of John, chapter number four, came to the well and Jesus said to the woman, give me water. Amen? Because Jesus didn't have anything to draw from that water. And the woman said, but you are Jew. Why are you asking me for water? Jesus said, if you knew the one that is asking you and the grace of God, you will be the one asking for water. The woman said, you have nothing to draw. Somebody said, nothing to draw. So, so the presence of a well does not make it all good. You need to have something to draw from that well in order for you to enjoy. So being a Christian does not guarantee a free pass. Yes, no, no, no. Being a Christian does not guarantee that. What guarantees that is the equipment that you have to draw from the wells. So the wells are there, but you can die of hunger or thirst. The wells are there, but you can die. It means when we talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost has been given, but you can stay without the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So it's not because the Holy Ghost is here that you will manifest it. They need to be a drawing. And it says that with joy you shall draw from the wells of salvation. But unfortunately, people are not drawing from the wells. They are drawing from the well. Why? Because they have limited their life for one thing. They just know that thing. And only that they know. But there are many wells within the scope of salvation. Hallelujah. There are many wells. So when you are saved, you need to say, Jesus says, he who believes in me, out of his belly shall flow. What? Rivers or river? Rivers. So there are many streams of rivers that flows out of your belly. Rivers, say rivers, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living, what? Water. Living what? Uh, Is it waters or water? Shall flow rivers of living Can we verify? Huh? Let, let, let's go there. I want to just go there uh, in the book of John. Uh, John, up number, I think, seven. Hallelujah. Verse, from verse 37. John 7 from 37. Hmm. So I want you to verify because I know there is a problem with your language. <laughs> Let's go. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Press 
sit, press that button, my dear. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. One day. Where is your S? Where is your S? <laughs> and that S makes a big difference. Because the source is the Holy Spirit, not Holy Spirits. The Holy Spirit delivers waters. So the Holy Ghost is an offer. Hmm. The Holy Ghost is the water, not waters, water. But out of the water, there are rivers. So if you don't know the Holy Ghost, you don't know the water. And if you don't know the water, you can't have rivers. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost delivers into your hands all the streams. So the Holy Ghost is the one that emphasizes on the ministry of faith. It's a stream. Of the ministry of righteousness, it's a stream. Of the the ministry of holiness, it's a stream. Of the ministry of deliverance, it's a stream. Of a stream of of a stream of of a of a stream of, of healing, it's a stream. But all these streams find themselves into the water. Hallelujah. So for you to have the streams, you need to have the water. People try to get the streams without the water. They want to be healed without the water. They want to know God without the water. They want to enjoy fellowship without Hallelujah. You know the thing with water is that you can bottle it in many bottles. <laughs> the same water, different bottles. Even we have one here where it's written divine restoration, different bottles. You go to a company, they have a label on, but it's water inside. So according to the place they label it. So that's why you go to church, some of the church you go, it's only deliverance you see. They are feeding from one stream. It's only healing you see. They are feeding. It's it, there must be a combination of all the streams so that you are, not, you are not out of focus. Because if you walk with one stream, you will be out of focus. Hallelujah. So, so today I want to preach on one stream, worthiness through the experience of life. Worthiness through the experience of life. Hallelujah. Someone say worthiness through the experience of life. Let me take you to a book of Psalm, Revelation chapter number 5, verse 1 to 9. I, I'm going to show you mysteries there. Because the, this is how the Spirit works. You need to have an art of interpretation of the things of the Spirit. Amen? You know, in, in one occasion, in the book of John chapter number 12, Jesus said to the Father, uh, I know that you have glorified my name. And then the Bible said, and God spoke to him from heaven. 
And people standing next to interpreted the language of God differently. Some say it was thunder. Some say it was an angel. And some say it was just thunder. Now, different interpretation, but Jesus knew it was the Father. Can I submit to you that that day, what really sounded was a thunder? It was not an audible voice. <laughs> but Jesus could interpret through the thundering the voice of the Father. So sometimes it thunders. And we are, <laughs> you see? <laughs> because sometimes they are, they, are, they are spiritual reality connected to that noise. But Christianity has become a religion. Therefore, people don't know how to decode the things of the Spirit. Those who were a bit close by to the answer said it was an angel. Those who were natural says it was thunder. But Jesus knew. Because that thunder had a, a word for Jesus. He said, I have already glorified. In the thunder, there was a voice. Have you read Revelation 4 where it talks about God is sitting on the throne and there are rumbling and, and noise of thunders? All these are voices. It's not just the thunder, it's the voices that are coming out of the throne. Hallelujah. But you need spiritual intelligence. Somebody says spiritual intelligence. You know, one time a hand appeared in the book of Daniel, I think Daniel chapter number five, when uh, the king Belshazzar was eating and drinking from the, from the, from the, 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 how do you call it? From the vessels of the temple. And it, a finger appeared and wrote something, mene, mene, teken, uh, and all this stuff. And then what happened is that people didn't know what it was. The writing was on the walls, but people couldn't interpret it. So can I submit to you that even the writing are still on the wall? What God is doing now, it's written on the walls. But few people can interpret it. It took Daniel, a man of his senses, to come and read it to them and tell them what God is saying. So the art of interpretation of the spirit is an art that has disappeared from the church. Because we have become so carnally minded that we don't understand the things that God is doing. Therefore, when God does something, we miss it altogether. And we judge it. You see, a man without discernment is a man of judgment. A man without discernment is a man of criticism. Because when you have discernment, you leave the, the, the area of criticism and judgmental spirit and you come to knowledge. In a way that you can sit in a place, something seems weird, but you know as a man of the spirit, this is the spirit. You see, I have met, I have met some of my, my sons in the Lord, wherever I go. Sometimes somebody will fall and they go deliver him, but it was the Holy Spirit. When the person is under the influence of the Holy Ghost, they say, ouch! Because sometimes the discernment is not there. Because we have set our heart that the Holy Ghost is not doing this. So when it's away from our scope of understanding, we judge it as weird. This is very weird. Weird as to who? Hallelujah. According to your small mind, 
Because there are many weird things in heaven. There are, beeps, there, 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 there are creatures there that looks like if he appeared to you, you will run. There, there is some creatures that have eyes everywhere. Some are four faces. Face, 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 face. And they stand before the four. Imagine you will make a deliverance of that demon. You are in your room and something appears. And he has a head of an eagle, a head of a, of a man. Head. Oh, Jesus! I'm trying to bring you to your senses that you don't die by appearance. You die by discernment. Come on. You don't die by appearance. You die by discernment. Because some have missed their visitation because of a small judgment by appearance. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, help me. Say, Lord, help me. Let's go to Revelation chapter number 5, verse 1 to 9. I hope I will finish. If I don't, we'll carry on next time. Uh, Revelation 5, 1 to 9, quickly. Okay. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Let's go. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is, who is worthy to open the scroll and lose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold. Somebody said behold. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed hmm. to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. Let's go. And I look and behold in the midst of a throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Somebody say a lamb. As though it has been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God uh, sent out into all the earth. And it came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And now he had, now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayer of the saints. Ha. And they sang a new song saying, you are to take the scroll <laughs> and to open its tear, for you were slain and have redeemed us uh, to God by your blood out of every tribe, every tongue, every people and nation. Hmm. And have made us kings and priests to God and we shall reign on the earth. Let's stop there. I want to stop there. Ha ha. Ha ha. Now, let me say this. 
their inability to open the scroll was not lying on their strength. It was not a problem of strength. It was a problem of worthiness. They say, who is worthy? They didn't say, who has strength? Who is? So it's a problem of worthiness. It was never a problem of strength. Hallelujah. It was a problem of worthiness. Verse, the verse 3 says, no one was able. Hallelujah. They were not worthy. Now, John said, and I wept because no one was found worthy. No one was found worthy. I realized something with God. It's not too much your abilities. It's your worthiness. Hallelujah. It's not too much your abilities. It's your worthiness. Then they said no one was worthy. Now, if you, if you read verse 5, it says, and they point to one that was worthy. He said, do not weep. Because this is the one. And look at how he described him. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The roots of has he connected Jesus to his earthly roots. Jesus was in heaven, but he was presented as a lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David. Hallelujah. But why would they present Jesus that way? <laughs> why would they go on his earthly legacy? He's sitting in heaven, but they are pointing to his earthly legacy. The lion of Judah. Ah. The descendant of David. He said, he has prevailed. Hallelujah. The way John introduced us to the one that was worthy is amazing. He said, here he is. And then what blew my mind is that when Jesus was about to make a move, they didn't talk about a lion. They took about a lamb. He was presented as a lion, but it was not a lion that took the scroll. It was a lamb that took the scroll. He stood as a lion. He moved as a lamb. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That one, that one blew my mind. He stood as a lion. He moved as a lamb. And then they gave us the description of that lamb. A lamb... That was, which means Jesus went through the trouble as a lamb. He came out as a lion. He went to the cross as a lamb. He rose. But to take the scroll, he took it. 
We're going somewhere. Now, what is the spiritual reading that we make there? It means, doesn't matter how high you are, it's the experience of your pain that will cause you to access the thing of God. Hey, hey. So, so when you go through something, God awakes a lion in you. But when you have to access the things of the spirit, it's what you went through that makes you worthy. What made him worthy was a cross. It was not his attribute as a lion, but his attribute as a lamb. If you don't have a spiritual reading, you will misjudge the deeds of God in your life. Can you follow me? Now, I don't know what you are going through. <laughs> but it doesn't matter what it is. A lion is being prepared. Hey, hear my voice. Doesn't matter what that is. There's a lion that is being prepared. And that lion will arise. But anytime you have to move, you move on the altar of your experience. Hallelujah. I was amazed that Jesus was presented even in eternity time as a slain lamb. When he came to take the, the scroll, if it was a lion, he wouldn't be able to take the scroll. But when the blood was on him, because of what he went through, the pain and the struggle of the cross, they said no one was worthy because no one went through what he went through. Let, let me take you back to something else. <laughs> Joseph. Joseph had the interpretation of a dream of Pharaoh. Hallelujah. And then Joseph, when he finished, Pharaoh said, what shall we do? He said, find a man in your kingdom. Find a man of wisdom that is able to implement what I'm telling you. Joseph was saying, I dare you to find a man that has gone through what I've gone through. <laughs> he will say, I dare you to find a man in this kingdom that can stay as a slave but worthy of God. That can go in the dungeon but still standing with God. I dare you to find a man in your midst that has gone through a pain of life and yet say, hallelujah, glory be to God. I dare you to find somebody in the church that is not connected to the breakthrough, but is connected to what is becoming through the process. Pharaoh says, there is no one like that. And the only person in my kingdom is you. So he put his CV in a wise way. Then come and say, yeah, I am. He said, find him. Find him. A man like this. So, so, so let me tell you, Christian. The apostle understood this. Do you know that at one occasion, they were preaching the gospel, they arrested them, they beat them, and they rejoiced. After they say, they say, we are glad that we've been counted worthy to be partakers of the suffering of Christ Jesus. 
The church now does not know this preaching. The church knows private jets. The church knows Lamborghinis, but they don't know the process. So in our mind, when you have arrived, it means you own something. But in the mind of God, when you arrive, you have become something. What you own does not make you become. Hallelujah. But what you become can make you own. Hallelujah. He was worthy. And some of you today, you are going through something that looks like hell. And you want to disconnect from God because you don't know how to interpret the language of the Spirit. You want to give up because you don't have any interpretation of the language of the Spirit. You will arise like a lion. Say you will arise like a lion. Hallelujah. Now, when the lamb went, hmm, and it took the throne, uh, the, 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 the scroll, the six, it took the scroll. And when it took the scroll, something happened. They start to sing a new song. Not an old song. Not an old song. Because no one has ever walked the road he walked. So it couldn't be a song, a song that was sung before. This song is only proper to Jesus. In your life, there are songs of your life that only you can sing. Mm-hmm, because no one was there when you went through the agony of the pain. No one was there when you wept in your room. No one was there when you said, Jesus, my body can't take it anymore. No one was there. Only you know what you've been through. And what you've been through becomes a flaw for you to not only buy into the mind of God, but to access the things of the Spirit in order to make other people glad. Because those who were singing the song were not partaker of the pain. They were just receiver of the grace. So they said, <laughs> they said, you have redeemed us. Now, angel can't sing that song because they were never redeemed. So it means when they were, the four beasts were not singing that song because they were never redeemed. It was only the 24 elders and those who were redeemed by the blood that could sing that song. Angels don't have your experience because they were never lost. Ah, yeah. Angels don't have your experience because they were never born again. But you came and you walk in the scene of heaven. And you came as a man and you enter the grace of salvation. You end up as a child of God. You, you came in as a man. You came the other side as a child of God. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm here to bring you this message. This is a prophetic message for somebody. Yeah, yeah, because, because some of you are about to give up. Because you don't know what it takes to become what God wants you to become. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when you are going through something, it feels like you are lost. 
Full of pain. Paul says this in the book of Philippians chapter number 3 verse 10. I want us to read it. I don't want to quote it. I want us to read it. Because when we read it, it will sink in. Uh, Philippians chapter number 3 verse 10. And I want you to read. Some of us, we read it. We don't finish that scripture. Let's go. Uh, Philippians chapter number 3 from verse 10. Hallelujah. Somebody will listen to this message and get free. Yes, Philippians chapter number 3. I want to read from verse 10. Ah. Okay, let's start with verse 9 because that I want to start with the beginning of a sentence. Let's read from verse 9. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And being found in him, somebody say being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may, that I may know him. And, and it says, and the power of his, and the fellowship of his. The word fellowship means participator, partaker. He says, so that I may, I, may, I may have fellowship. Not only I want to know him and the power of his resurrection like the church wants, but also I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. And carry on. He said, being conformed to his death so that if by any means I may attend to the resurrection from the dead. All this so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and be acquainted with the fellowship of his suffering. That the Apostle Paul talking there. And remember when the Apostle Paul was called in the book of Acts 9, Jesus says something. Ananias says, I've heard about this man. He's a wicked man. He wants to kill the church. And Jesus says, don't say that of him because he's my chosen vessel. And I will show him how much he will suffer for this. Jesus was talking here. It was not a demon. Now, Paul took on the ministry. Not only the apostleship, the, the apostolic ministry, but he took on the ministry of being a vessel. A vessel of suffering for the glorification of Jesus. Because some of you don't understand that. You live a cheap Christianity. Because your Christianity does not involve the elements of training. Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 12 says, if you are not trained, you are not a legal child. He said, every parent disciplines his child. So some of you don't know the art of discipline in the kingdom. You only know the art of blessings. But the blessing without the discipline is a curse. You need to come to a place to realize that there need to be a slam that was slain. Hallelujah. You go through something. You go through something. There are things that I went through, I knew it was not Satan. No, it was not Satan. I knew who was doing that. I knew. I'm glad I'm looking at this lady here, alien. Is it alien? Esther. Esther. Esther, this lady met me in 2004. She was staying at the other flat. We were staying here. 
Sometimes she even called me Ibrahim, but it's in his way. And you remember that? She, showed, she saw me when my shoes were broken. She decided to visit here today. When I was going through this, it felt like I was an outcast. Isn't that Esther? She and her friend took my wife to the hospital when Ephraim was being born. You understand? Because I would have walked to the hospital with my wife if they didn't come to offer their help. When I was going through that, I knew what God, what God was doing. Because you cannot carry the glory. No. Yo, if that vessel is not a broken vessel, it cannot carry glory. You need to understand that. There is dimension in Christianity that you need to, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying the suffering that the devil inflicts to people. I'm, 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 I'm advocating the process of, of sanctification. I'm not talking about sanctification go to heaven. I'm talking about taking the dead leaves out of you. Those things that are not supposed to be there, but are there. God needs to break the ego and the pride so that you may be able to be a vessel yielded unto God so that you may say, that, that they may say, worthy is he to take this coal and break its seals. Some of you, it's the devil. You need to rebuke it. But some of you, it's not the devil. Can I give you a clue? There are things in your life you've been praying for 10 years and it's not moving. The devil is not that strong. No, it's not that strong. You need to ask God, God, what is the process of this? And maybe a still voice will tell you that it's already done. You are just going through a process for you to know my heart for this situation. It has nothing, it has nothing to do with killing you. You will not die. I say you will not because we know you will not die. Doesn't matter what happened, you will stand strong because the spirit of the Lord is with you. There need to be a process. The cheap gospel that people preach to you, come and be blessed. Come and be blessed. That's a cheap gospel. The real gospel says, come and start the process of crossing. I don't want to say cross, but start your process. Because if you want to be honest with yourself, every day you are in a school of, of life. There is something that, that comes your way that you need to learn from it. Jesus, they still connect him to the roots of earth, to the pain that he went through, and that qualified him to be able to be the only one in heaven that was able to take this coal and break its seals. So you, you don't need to give up. I say you don't need to. You need to have solid foundation in faith. And knowing that what I'm going through today is just but for a moment. Hallelujah. It's for a moment. You say our momentary affliction hmm, are producing a weight of glory. <laughs> that weight of glory is exceeding whatever you ever thought about. Because God is in the business to transform you. I don't want to be that man of God that stands before Jesus and says, I don't know you, you evil worker. Because if you have not known his heart, you will use his work 
Let me say it again. If you have not known his heart, you will use his deed and his anointing to draw attention to yourself. But if you have known him, you will use his anointing for his glory. So that at the end of the day, people will know that the Jesus you are serving is alive. That you have not become the man of God that is untouchable, but you have become the son of God that is yielded to the process of God and is able to say, yes, my Lord, doesn't matter what is required of him. Look, I read the book of, I I read uh, the story of David. I I I was broken again. Look at David. When he was running from his son, Absalom, the Bible says when he was running, one of the king's men or the relative of Saul came and started to insult David and he said, David is a, David is a, is a loser. And, and, and one of the, the, the servants of David said, I'm going to kill him. David said, don't do anything to him because the Lord has allowed him to speak to me this way. Because if it was not for the Lord, he couldn't speak to me like that. And David humbled himself. Listen, something that touched me with David is that he called Sam Absalom king. He said, king asks Absalom. But we all know that Absalom stole the kingdom. But David said he's a king. And God taught me something. He said, doesn't matter how he got there. The seat speaks for him. I just want to appeal to you. This is a great lesson for us, body of Christ. I don't know. I don't care how corrupt the president can be. I don't care how million he can steal. But when we talk about him, we must be careful. Come on, Mamela. You must be careful. Because you are not talking against a man. You are talking against a principle. And some of you, you are stuck because of the way you spoke about dignitaries in the spirit. And you, church, you are, you are, we have no culture of the things of God. Therefore, I, will, we, I want a breakthrough. Oh, everything, I want a, but you are stacking your own breakthrough because you don't know how to discern the things of the spirit. David calls Absalom, King Absalom. But we all knew he was not a king. But the moment he sat on the phone, David said he's a king. Because it's not him, it's the phone. So we need to repent. We need to change our ways. And I'm not saying we condone everything that a president is doing. I hate it when they work like that. But I want to keep myself from falling into the trap of demonic manifestation and manipulation. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to learn how to go through the process. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is for you, but the anointing will not flow through a whole body. It flows through a broken body. Take oil and put it in a container and just fasten the lid. Like there is oil here. Is it full or not? Can it get out? But there is oil. The fact that you are anointed does not mean the anointing flows. No. That's the key that people don't know. They say, I feel so anointed. But then when you pray for people, nothing happens. The anointing is there. The problem is not the anointing. God has given you the anointing. 
The problem is to understand how it flows. And if I can take that lead out with a little of strength, and I can put it like that, the, 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 the container will empty itself. Without any effort, it flows. Because it's open. There is an openness for which it can go. You can be anointed, but if you have not learned the art of brokenness through humility, your anointing will get stuck in you and it will touch nobody. You need to understand what I'm telling you today. Hallelujah. You need to understand what I'm telling you today in order for you to flow into what God wants you to flow in. We are aiming for higher things, but we don't start with a smaller thing. You don't start with university. Everybody started with grade zero or whatever it is, and grade one, grade two, grade three, until you get to metric. Hallelujah. And you need to write metric before you go. Don't you understand that the natural thing are a display of the spiritual thing? Why don't you understand that? That natural things are a display of, of spiritual thing. Jesus was declared son of God through the power of a resurrection. But before he was declared, he needed to die. Unless a grain of seed falls to the ground and die, it cannot bear fruit. Yes. We have become full of ourselves. And we have forgotten the one that filled us. We think, I'm so anointed, but we forget the anointer. So I don't know what is going on in your life, but I'm here as a messenger of the Lord to tell you, don't give up, don't give in. <laughs> know how to interpret the language of the spirit. If it's the devil, rebuke him. If it's not the devil, Bear with God. Many are angry with God today because they didn't know how to interpret the languages of the Spirit. They thought God is killing me. They don't know God is trying to promote them. Because life and death meet together in the grave. Have you understood that? That it all meets on the, in the grave. Where they bury him, it's where he rose from. Okay. Ah, yeah. yeah. So when they were carrying him to the grave, they were ushering him into the place where life will meet him. <laughs> so when certain thing is killing you, he's ushering you to a place where life is waiting for you. Have they known they wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory? If he knew how to interpret the language of the spirit, he will leave you alone. So, when the sickness seems not to go, you know what to do? You don't curse God. When the sickness seems not to go, you say, I know I am healed. Yes, Hallelujah. Yes. I know I am healed. But now, you cannot have compassion on something you have not gone through. I don't know if you check what I'm saying. Sometimes, people will lose their parent, and when they cry, I'm watching a movie where a father dies, and I'm crying. 
I'm not crying for the movie. I'm crying for my experience. Do you understand? Sometimes I see a sick person. I saw a, a man that was sick. When I was praying for him, I was weeping. And when I prayed, he got healed. And my friend told me, when you wept, I realized you are weeping, your father. I said, yes, because I couldn't pray for him. I was not there to pray for him, and he passed on. So when I saw the man that already almost at his age, I had so much compassion. When I prayed, the man got healed instantly there. Because I have gone through the experience. How do you, how do you have compassion on a hobo if you have never experienced what it means not to have food on your table? Hallelujah. Some people, their ministry is born out of the experience that they went through. Jesus' glorification was out of his course. God always meets the two things opposite on the same coin. Always. 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 They say, where wickedness increases, grace increases the more. So when there is wickedness, at the back of that coin, it's goodness. When you think you are a Satanist, at the back of that coin is an apostle. Don't check what I'm saying. You just need to flip the coin and you will realize that I'm not a Satanist, actually I'm an apostle. When you think you are a drunkard, at the back of that coin can be an evangelist. So while you are drinking in the tavern, the evangelist side is still waiting for you. When you flip the coin, you realize I am an evangelist actually. I'm here to tell you, a coin need to flip this morning. I say a coin need to flip this morning. I don't know what you are going through. You just need to flip to that side and understand that what I'm going through is just a mirage. The reality is in Christ. I have prayed for many years. It's just a setup, my brother. It's just a setup. I say it's just a setup. Some of you, you don't know how to pray until you get into trouble. Yes. Your prayer life got activated when you got into the trouble. Yes. So although the trouble was not designed by God, but that trouble helped you. My friend, you are that are leading me to the cross. My enemy, you that prevent me to the cross. Two men stood. Judas, Jesus called him friend. Peter, he called him Satan. Because Peter was preventing him to take the road of the cross. Judas was helping him to the cross. And he kissed him and said, my friend, thank you for helping me go into this cross. Peter stood with compassion. He said, far before, he said, you are Satan. Why? Because you did not, you are preventing me to take the route uh, that will make me take the scroll in heaven. So Jesus has already known what will happen. So he knew that if he did not die, the book of Revelation will remain sealed. So he knew that he needed to die for somebody to be worthy to open it and open the scroll and read it. If you have a sense of a spirit when things are going on, you see what God is doing. You don't see what the devil is doing. 
You are not, you are not a devil. You are not somebody that is mindful of a devil anymore. You are mindful of God. You are mindful of the Holy Ghost. You are mindful of the things of God. Hey. I say, hey. Hmm. Most of the people that Jesus turned into giants in the Bible came from humble beginnings. Most of them. Most of them. Look at Mary Magdalene. She was possessed. She was possessed. She became one of the closest friends of Jesus because Jesus saw in her what people couldn't see. Look at Peter. He was a fisherman. Jesus saw what other people couldn't see. Look at Pete Paul. He was a scholar, but he was a wicked man. God saw what people couldn't see. And Paul rose to his senses and he says, We are broken. <laughs> Smacked down, but not destroyed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He knew. He knew that all this contributing to the flow of the anointing of God in my life. God will take you to a road in order for you to be a vessel yielded to his hands. Because if you were never disciplined, you don't know humility. Hallelujah. Amen. So what is happening to you today? Rejoice. Young men, rejoice. Because you have no idea of what God is planning for you. If it has entered your mind, you will submit to what is going on today. Hey, listen to me, young woman. You don't know what God is doing. You think you are lonely, but God is creating in you the ability to be able to stand under pressure. So that the day you get married, when the man is misbehaving, you know that you can stand because you have stood before. But if you were never disconnected uh, from uh, the idea of men will come to complete you, and you didn't come to the idea that God is completing you, when you get married, your expectation is on the other one. But when you are whole on yourself, because you know you have gone through a process of time and you stood, so when the guy or the woman comes, you become one, but you still complete in God. So when the person is misbehaving, you know you are a tool to fix up that person. You are not a tool to break him or her down because you didn't get married so that you can be happy. You got married so that somebody can be happy. Ah. Your cheap ideas, that's what destroys you. I want to be happy. When you ask them in premarital counseling, uh, so, yeah, no, this guy, he makes me glad, he makes me happy. When I'm around him, I feel happy. So I feel, I feel, I feel. So the day, the day he will not do that, how are you, what are you going to do? He makes me feel like, now the day he's not going to do that. So you started wrong already. Because you cannot find your uniqueness in God without that person. It's time for you to awake. I said it's time for you to awake. And know that no one is completing you. God is completing you. Can't live without you. But you were born. You left. You were like 20 or 22 when you met with her. I can't live without you. So all these 20 years, what were you doing? So you were in death. (laughs) 
I can picture myself without you. But you were not born to in most. You didn't know that that person existed. You need to submit to the discipline of God. Say you need to submit to the discipline of God. Body of Christ, I was here with a message to tell you, do not despair. Hallelujah. Because of the thing you are going through. Look unto Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He said, look unto him. It does not mean just take him. No. He's, take, he's saying, take his example. Follow his lead. Do like him. Because of the joy that was set, he endured what you had to go through. And I'm here to tell you, because of the grace that God has set before you, endure the process. Isaiah 51 verse 2 says, Look unto Abraham your father. When I called him, he was only a one man, but I made him a nation. Listen, when God calls you, he calls you with a thing loaded inside of you, but you are ignorant of it until he says it. And when he says it, it becomes a testimony for you. The examples that are set in the Bible are examples of endurance, perseverance, and holding on. Look unto Jesus. I say, look unto Jesus. Some of you want to use the name of Jesus without the character of Jesus. You see people say, in Jesus' name. Now you go, in Jesus' name. In Je- oui, who? Where? Where? Jesus we know. Paul we know. Who are you? In Jesus' name. The word name, the word name, I'm taking time, but don't worry. It will be cool. The word name, the name, name. If you go to the root word of the word name, it's a word that means document. Document. Any document things are written. And whatever is written represents character. And character is something that does not change. Listen. The letter A is a character. Huh? So it doesn't matter where you are, even if you write it like an Arab, you still read it A. Eh? It's still A. Yeah, we call it a character. A character. So the word name means a character. So he say in my name, it means in my character. So you will stand in my character and things will listen to you because you have gone through a process that I've gone through. The church is weak today because no one understands what I'm telling the mysteries of the spirit that I'm telling you. People don't understand that. When they go through something, they yell and everybody hears what they are going through. When you ask them, how are you doing? Hmm, my friend, do you want me to be honest? Or do you want, um, or do you want me to just say it? Huh? Then, then they say, hmm, I, know, I know I'm healed, but, but what? Some people, when you want to, no, I know the word. The word is not a problem. Everything you are saying, I know it actually. Why are you not applying it? Everything you know, you should apply. People say, no, I, actually, actually, I know that word. <laughs> and thank you for reminding me. I say, I'm not reminding you. I'm giving revelation. Because whatever you know, you, you know, you apply. When you have revelation, it's applicable. I want to pray. I say, I want to pray. Because God told me this morning he's going to raise up people in the kingdom. People that will stand in a dual status. 
the lamb and the lion. People that will stand with the pain of the experience and the victory in their hands. Uh, people that will know what life is about uh, and will be able to master it. Uh, people that will know that what I've gone through is not a waste. Ah, it's not a waste. It's not a waste. Yes, I'm, I'm troubled, but it's not a waste. Uh, and I learned something. If you don't pass the grade, we repeat it. Yes, you can be 10 years in the same grade, but you, are there. you can be gray hair, but you are still in the same grade. And then you feel frustrated because your friends are going on. Listen, there was a guy that was in university with my brother. And my brother went on, finished doctorate. He came taught at the same university the guy was still there. Yeah, he became his lecturer. So my brother came home and said, I think I saw a ghost. <laughs> he, said, he said, what do you mean a ghost? He said, that guy, we were in matric together. And then I went to teach in that university. The guy was there. And I thought he was a lecturer. So I said, which faculty are you in? Then he said it. And we were talking. And then he realized the guy is a student. So he came and said, I think he was dead. <laughs> we are ghost Christians like that. For 10 years, we are still with the same language. Now I say, Lord, until when? Hey. Lord, to then I pray, oh Lord, set me free, 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 free. It does not help. It's not the free, free, free that helps you. It's the revelation in the freedom that helps you. If you are here, if you are here this morning and you are about to give up because of what you are going through, I want you to stand up. Quickly. Please, don't delay. Stand up. Hallelujah. Stand up. Lift up your hands toward heaven. And say, Lord Jesus, help me never to give up. Because I know the joy that is set before me. And because of that joy... I know I have a victory because life comes after death. In the name of Jesus, I, as I am dead, dead, dead to self, I rise in a new life. In Jesus' name. Stand where I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit come upon all these people. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost touch them and let the grace of the Lord be with them. I give you praise, and I pray that they, I pray that they will never, never, never give up. I pray that it doesn't matter what happens, they are people, men and women of destiny, and the power of God is for them right now. The power of God is going to start to come upon some of the people. Yay. In the name of Jesus, the anointing of God, it will be like suddenly, and the power comes upon you suddenly. The Spirit of the Lord comes suddenly upon you and strengthens you right now. Receive your freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give a hand to our Lord.